When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, I'm Michael Nicolazos for Real Vision. Today with us, we have Eva Kaili. Eva Kaili is a Greek politician. She's the Vice President of the European Parliament as of 2022. She's a member of the European Parliament since 2014. She's the first woman Chair of Science and Technology at the Star Panel and Center for Artificial Intelligence. She's been awarded MP of the Year in 2018 in Digital Policy and ranked first in Shaping EU Digital Policy. I think there are many other attributions uh, to you, Eva. Eva. Uh, uh, so it's great uh, having you with us today. It will be very intrigued and interested to see what you have to say. Always, you know, we've been talking to a lot of people on the crypto space, mostly from the trading side and mostly from participants. It's very interesting to see the, the view uh, from a legislative point of view and from your point of view. So I think, uh, thank you for being here. And uh, let's, uh, if, if you can start by telling us a bit about yourself and how you got into this. It's interesting to see how a politician gets into the crypto space, because from my understanding, you've been in the space of blockchain and crypto related for quite some time. You were quite early in coming into the space before even the biggest advocates of the space were even looking at it. First of all, thank you for having me and your kind words. I have been uh, also following your work and it's impressive, uh, the quality of the level of discussions. So um, thank you again for having this opportunity to chat. And uh, basically, I am, you know, we're coming like from Greece and uh, we uh, spend the economic crisis into trying to figure out what's the right recipe. So I was an elected MP um, during these basically the austerity uh, era. And uh, when I uh, got elected as an, a European, uh, as a member of the European Parliament, as an MEP, um, I decided to look for solutions that they have not been yet maybe discovered. I was trying to get alternatives uh, because it seemed that the, the systemic crisis didn't have a real solution. Um, we reacted to that, but um, the system failed. A lot of our friends lost their savings in the banks. The central banks, they didn't manage to protect citizens and they didn't fulfill actually their promise to keep us safe. Um, so I was trying to understand how we can provide um, uh, citizens with a new trust, a new trust the system. And um, I started, I'm, I'm like working a lot with new technologies, uh, an architect engineer and um, I had heard about blockchain, but then um, at some conferences that I, I attended, um, I thought it was quite impressive um, that the word decentralization was used to explain such a technology. And I felt exactly this is what we needed, decentralization. And then I heard about trust and I said, like, actually, we need trust to rebuild trust in Europe to politicians and to the system. And that was the beginning of it. 
Okay, so uh, Eva, how do you how how do you see things evolving from here on? There, there's there's been quite some discussion in terms of uh, the legislation. You know, each country, each continent has a different view on it. Uh, I think you've taken a, a stance on it, and it'll be interesting to see how you view it and how do you view things mo moving forward from the European side. Well, since 2015, actually, that uh, my first question on uh, what do we do about blockchain, what do we do about Bitcoin, um, the response of Mario Draghi was, we're just monitoring, uh, we don't have any concerns. The European Court of Justice actually the same day that this response came um, to my office uh, said that actually we consider that as like a payment system uh, or a currency. and. Uh, and this means that it had to be under, let's say, the um, supervision of, uh, of central banks to understand how this technology can provide alternatives. So we immediately started working on understanding what are the um, concerns and what are the requirements to provide legal certainty in order to use such technology to achieve everything that has been promised. Um, and the potential for me, again, uh, it started from uh, uh, the positive and the transformative um, force that uh, it could have for the financial services. Um, then, of course, as a technology, it can also solve several problems, not everything. Everybody thought it could solve everything in the beginning and they were looking for problems. Um, I think that it can solve problems and we have problems and now we have to come up with specific applications and solutions to give the credibility that this technology needs. And globally, the situation also has matured. Um, so we are all acting kind of like in parallel, but also in like coordination in order to achieve this legal certainty for a technology that is cross-border and that it can achieve uh, better cross-border payments, more trust, more transparency, safety. Um, safe, we need safeguards there. Uh, we need to be able to see how we can reduce transaction costs uh, without um, burdening the environment. We need to find, you know, sustainable ways also to get the maximum potential of these technologies. And um, I feel now that all the participants, the issuers, the investors, um, the markets, and the politicians, they are ready to, um, let's say, to decide the framework. Um, and have uh, a coherent approach to the regulation and the oversight of cryptos um, to, to make sure we will not create frictions and uh, to make sure that uh, citizens will have access to such benefits in a safe manner. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Um, so, for example, we need to definitely take a closer look, and we are acting on that, on identity, the KYC. Payment transparencies, including um, the AML issues. We're just tabling, tabling amendments these days. Um, the payment efficiency, investor protection, market integrity, of course, and, uh, and transparency, as I said. Um, a very important problem that everybody has like 
maybe faced in the, in the early stages was this of the allocation of liability, as it was not clear which jurisdiction was uh, responsible for each application, its issue of uh, issuance of tokens, and also it was very difficult to understand how we can define the different blockchains, how we can define the different tokens, and um, and also to actually define decentralized finance finance itself when it can be considered uh, decentralized. Um, so I think uh, we are moving quite fast. Uh, we have reached the point where um, there is an acceptable um, regulation at the table. Um, it seems it will be concluded by the end of the year on behalf of Europe, and Europe is like a very strong, I would say, superpower um, of consumers of 500 million uh, citizens. It feels to me that there is a unique opportunity here for Europe in the sense that it's a new technology and usually new, usually new technologies move much faster than legislation does. That's the nature of the technology, and it, it, when there's so much entrepreneurship and so many people in this in the space things happen very fast and change very fast so i think this is a great opportunity for europe to lead the way or at least be ahead of the curve it feels like the us and the uk and singapore are taking different approaches on it and maybe from a legislation side it's not as bulletproof or as as safe as one would want, but on the other side, they tend to get the, the, the most, let's say, talent. So the question is, um, how do you move forward in terms of balancing these two sides and keeping the talent in Europe or bringing the talent in Europe to, to, to move fast in that space? Europe lost the, 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 the part of the internet in terms of uh, in terms of versus the US, I think this is a good opportunity for Europe to catch up, although it's a bit behind, but I think it could be an opportunity for Europe to catch up and leapfrog on that space. And uh, the thing is that, again, crypto, when we say crypto, like there are quite a few things. There's Web 3.0, there's DeFi, there are the blockchain, there's the distributed ledgers. There are a lot of things when we talk about that. So I guess it's not one legislation fits for all. It's different things, different legislation for different parts. So the question is, how do you bring the talent and you, you help Europe move forward while at the same time, you know, keeping, keeping everyone safe in, in that space? I think that balance is very hard. So how do you view this? How do you think things will evolve going forward? Well, um, you said it like very well. So basically, there are uh, different approaches we should have because it's a complicated technology. It can be different things at the same time, um, and also things that fall under existing regulation, but things that they need a separate regulation. And we are at this point concluding Mika and DLT for um, tokenized assets. Uh, we also. Uh, lag behind in terms of defining the DeFi, decentralized finance, and NFTs that they don't fall under the securities uh, regulation, that they are considered to be like IP rights or like for art or anything that um, we might use NFTs for. Uh, so we still have work ahead of us to, to achieve that. But in Europe, as I said, the, the um, 
consumer power is like big. So whoever comes up with a credible solution, now they have the legal certainty and they know what the, what's the path uh, to move forward. They know how to be how 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 they can actually enter the European market at uh, through a European sandbox and not go through its member states separately. So this already achieved uh, a lot. Um, we uh, maybe if com if we compare Europe to other countries, somebody might feel that yeah, but it's not like the most crypto friendly, but it is definitely blockchain friendly. And it has been since 2015 where we ended up even, I did the first resolution uh, for blockchain. Nobody had in the parliament heard blockchain at that point. Um, and we were innovation friendly, tech neutral, business model neutral. And we released around 700 million of the budget that could test blockchain technologies and then test their operability, scalability, and how to address the problems of the technology in order to make sure that when we use it, we can ensure this trust and um, and the benefits for citizens without risking any loss of key to cost to someone um, with life savings or to um, to basically uh, trust something that the jurisdiction or the team is not where they say they are or who they say they are. And this means we needed to have embedded supervision. We need to have a good blockchain analytics and we needed to set the standards in order, again, to allow this technology and the nature of it, that it's cross-border to, um, to enter our market. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.